Hello, welcome to Boss Women, a podcast about women, comedy and business. My name's Katie and this is my mum, Karen. I always say it the wrong way anyway. You do, I know. Uh, are you asking me how I am? Yes, of course. Because I'm more worried about you. <laughs> not to be worried about me. Well, it's the second It's the second week already and we've not done a podcast and we've not talked about how, how everything's going. Well, we'd fake talked about how everything's going on cameras on Tuesday, didn't we? Uh, what, for BBC? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we pretended like we caught up every day. Yeah, just so you know, I'm wearing the same dress because they need something else. And I'm wearing the same jumpsuit as on Tuesday because... Oh, I but you had you had a white I know, shirt. I've got a t-shirt. I've brought a t-shirt with me right, to change okay. into. Okay, I can't stand. This is this same. is ridiculous. BBC Edinburgh, BBC Two Edinburgh Nights are doing a three-minute piece mm-hmm. on a mother and daughter uh, running a fringe venue, mm-hmm. and three minutes, and we did like twelve hours filming. Yeah, it was all day. <laughs> it was crazy. But anyway, we'll look forward to see what the hell comes out but of it. But we ended up with a very nice interview with Nish, didn't we? Yes, Nish good. Kumar is lovely. Mm. Uh, so, how's the Fringe going so far? Um, <laughs> it's been quite hard this year, I think. Well, it's only because we're bigger. Bigger, and, and, and I, I think the staff have really felt it because the more artists you have, the more people you have to have issues, basically, and there's just a build-up of problems that the team have had to try and solve is quite demoralising as a team so I'm constantly trying to make them feel that they're good at their jobs despite a lot of people complaining at them and I've come to a bit of a head with Can you hear that in her voice? <laughs> Lighten up! I know <laughs> just, just yesterday a lot of stuff happened and I was just like, oh, why? But I think as we get into the last the last two weeks I get to go and see a lot more shows so I'm just going to focus on that and try and um, enjoy the rest of the month. It's it's mid festival blues mm. and uh, really it's been going fine. We we you always have a bit of complaints. About yeah, it's it. just the it's that whole thing of like the positives, the negatives outweigh the positives. So the the negative feedback weighs a lot heavier on you than all the amazing positive stuff. But actually, stuff that's there happening. are lots of positives. Yeah, there's loads. And the main thing that we should. Um, look to are the performers and how they're doing and yeah, you know all of them seem very happy mm-hmm. there's a few that are not mm-hmm. and a few not filling their venues but otherwise yeah. it's a great festival and a great festival for women I just banged the desk <laughs> just that was me showing yeah. so um, we're going to have our first ever guest <laughs> this year I'm very excited <laughs> Katie who have we got uh, we have Grace Campbell welcome to the podcast Grace oh welcome Grace um, Grace describes herself on her website as a comedian, activist, and wanker. Which <laughs> <laughs> is how I wanted to introduce her, but, but you I, weren't too I keen always on think, No, but I always think a wanker is, uh, which rhymes with a banker, so they're sort of... No. Twi- you know, that's what I think of a wanker, not someone that actually pleasures themselves. Ooh, I think that you which might Which is the ironic in the twist, I assume. I'm exactly. I'm flipping it, yeah. basically. And um and people always say, should we not have a word for female masturbation? And I actually think, you know, men call it wanking, yeah. we should just call it wanking. It's yeah. the same thing. It should just be an equal thing that we all do and that we're all allowed to talk about. And so I like 
you know, you've both seen my show now, mm-hmm. and there is this bit where I start talking about masturbation, yeah. and a lot of people in the audience get very uncomfortable. I mean, yesterday was a really good particular. <laughs> it was particularly like I think people wanted to just. I think they're just dissolve. not expecting. Is that it at all, the women? Do you think or? It's interesting because sometimes it is. Sometimes it's just generally like men, mm-hmm. even young men, are a bit uncomfortable because actually I'm I'm talking about how bad a lot of young men are at knowing about like the female orgasm yeah so i think it makes some young men uncomfortable but then you know it's also generational so it's just really interesting two people left my show mm, last yeah. week when Did I, they? when i said i love wanking they literally it was like that is a step too far <laughs> i've sat through you through this for a lot yeah. but that was too fun they literally got up and they were like they had to like climb over people to get out of the room and yeah. did you speak to them did you say something no i didn't really realize it and then i was i sort of carried on and then my tech said they were like shaking their heads and oh, God. yeah <laughs> good grip. I know. you're at so, the fringe I know, exactly. having said that um a woman of my age is more shockable to i know that. but you didn't get up and walk out no, because um, I thought it was quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, I, a lot of people do. It's just some people are like. Mm. But having said that, you're you're around twenty five mm-hmm. now, and you can get away with talking about. I mean, you are kind of changing the genre for women. I mean, it's so helpful to us, mm-hmm. really, because women never talked like that. I mean, a very small percentage would be a bit shocking, you know, mm-hmm. and. It, 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 you know, we talk privately about these kind of things, you know, for heaven's sake. It's mm. got to come out at some point. I mean, I'm of the generation where Cosmopolitan spoke about, um, <laughs> well, I think masturbation, I don't know if it was masturbation, but anyway, Probably contraception. And, word or yeah. Oh, I mean, it was, <clears throat> it was very shocking. And that was in the 70s, you know. And now, thank God, people are being a bit more open and, you know. It's just um, that, that it's funny because it's kind of what you talk about in, in your show or the point of what you're saying in that, in that section is about that it's okay for men to talk about wanking on stage and it's a very different dynamic when a woman talks about it and it's mad that that is still a thing. Mm. Yes. It's, it's mad that... It's taking a long, 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 long time. <laughs> yes. And actually what's been interesting here... Because in London, all of my shows in London, when I was previewing the show, they were just mainly young women who sort of knew, like, the stuff I've done with the Pink Protest. And then up here, like, the first few days, I was like, I've never performed to this many people from an older generation. And it is really interesting because they are more shocked. So they are going to react differently. I haven't changed any of it. I've taken out one thing that I just think was a bit too far. (laughs) (laughs) But before you go on, could you explain what the Pink protest yes yes so that's this um feminist like activist collective collective sorry that i started with a few of my friends and we have ran a few campaigns so the free periods campaign which is the campaign to end period poverty in the uk yeah um and then a campaign to end fgm in the uk and get fgm put into the children's female genital mutilation oh right sorry yeah no a lot of people um, say that um and but that doesn't happen in the UK. It does, yeah. Well, I don't. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because I know in Africa, and, you know. Well, a lot of them go back, but yeah. like when I was at school, there were girls at school who had it here. So oh how do you go about? Uh, and did you doing start it yourself? No. So we work with. Sorry, Katie. 
I talked 100%. right over you there. I'm <laughs> so rude. Never mind. One hundred percent. Which one should I answer? You Always do it, Karen Katie. First. <laughs> Katie, go ahead. Uh, no, we'll how do you go about protesting against these kind of things? Where, where, how did you start doing it, and what are you doing to end FGM? And so the the first one we did was free periods, yeah. and we met this seventeen year old girl called Amica George, who's an activist, and she'd started a petition online. She was still at school, and it was a petition, um, basically calling on the government to give all girls on free school meals like menstrual products, so mm-hmm. tampons and pads and whatever, because one in ten girl girls in the UK live go through period poverty, which is where they can't access like menstrual products when they're yeah. on their periods. So then they like have to miss school or like put tissue down their pants. Yeah. And so it was a thing that we like never even heard of and we were like, you know, as privileged people exactly. there's always been tampons in my bathroom. Um so then we basically helped Amica make it into a proper campaign we organized a protest on downing street we got like jess phillips to come and like just lots of adra aboa like we had amazing speakers and then jess and paula sharif another labor mp they were like we really <coughs> care about this so we want to help you and then they pushed it in parliament great so it was like that was a really interesting thing because it's like activism is it's being outside, but then it's also working with politicians to yeah, make to make changes. Change, inside, yeah, because yeah. you do need to cooperate with them, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this is a woman that says her show is called "Why I'm Never Going Into Politics," yeah, exactly. and you've already done something that has moved politicians and made a difference mm-hmm. and it's fantastic. It was really funny the other day before I was going on stage. I could hear this woman in the front row like talking about me and she was going I mean she's called the show why I'm never going into politics but she she is in politics so I'm very interested to see what she has to say for herself and I was like fuck sake it's such an annoying place to start the show on (laughs) well you should the day I went it was fantastic because you picked on a young guy in the audience tell us about that that was so funny so I do this bit at the beginning of the show about like Etonian privilege and like white male privilege and men who have been to Eton and there was a boy in the front row and I said hello what's your name and he was shaking and he was like I actually went to Eton. <laughs> oh my God. He actually went to Eton. And then I was like, what's your name? And he was like, Hugo. <laughs> of course it was. Of course it was. Also, Sadiq Khan was in the room. Oh, so that's right. Oh, yeah. of course, so it was yeah. like the best thing ever because yeah. it was just, it looked like I'd planted him there. Yeah, like, to be I know, my, like, and you boy. absolutely had not. It was 100%. so funny. <laughs> oh God. It, was, it. It, was it was. It was great. really funny. So why on earth did you go into comedy? Um, it's so fun. Like, for me, it's just the thing I've enjoyed the most of my whole life. You know, like, I've, I went to art school to do a filmmaking degree. And I was like, I guess I'm going to be a filmmaker. And, like, I'm interested in film, but, like, I never was like, this is what I'm meant to be doing. And then as soon as I started doing stand-up, I was like, this is exactly what I'm meant to be doing. Because it's my happy medium between performing but also being able to talk about the world and like what's going on so for someone who like loves performing and loves writing comedy but also wants to comment on things it's perfect yeah yeah were you at university were you at university when you no i just graduated i started stand up doing stand up last year oh my god grace campbell that is amazing tell us about your first gig 
there was like three people in the audience yes. including really my best friend Tyler <laughs> <laughs> it was at the Paradise in Kensal Rise in London and it was it, I mean I literally did a five minute set and it was all about my family's from Tyree in the Hebrides yeah. it was all about there and like my Scottish family and I didn't ever speak about my dad and growing up in politics for the first six months. And then it was October last year. So I had the idea for this show after I came here last year. Just oh, great. We should mention fringe. now, just in case people don't know, your father is Alistair Campbell. Yeah. Who was spin doctor to Tony to Blair. Tony Blair. Mm-hmm. And you were about born into it, or yes, more or less. Yes, literally born. Yeah, at the same time, wasn't it? Yeah, born at exactly the time he started working for Tony Blair. Yes, and the 1997 you know the landslide election that was my third birthday you were third birthday i saw a photograph of you yeah was it in downing yes yeah tiny little girl in a long dress yeah Yeah. and a a sippy cup (laughs) and a sippy cup (laughs) (laughs) so beautiful you were standing there all alone yeah that picture's amazing that's it's like me i was on downing street that day that he'd become prime minister and I was really bored so I walked off my grandma like followed me because she was just looking after me and then this photographer was like can I take a picture of her because I was like I was so unamused by where I was I wanted to be at home and I've got like my duck and my sippy cup (laughs) (laughs) oh lovely cute girl so this podcast is obviously about family relationships and family business but uh, before we start talking about your mum, what's your relationship like with your dad? It's good. It is good. Um, he's a massive character. Like Yes, he seems incredible. He really is. So it, it, I can't quite put into words like the impact that has sure. and has had on me because it's, it's like been both very beneficial to me. But sometimes it's really challenging. And I talk about in the show, like, when I was growing up, I thought I had to be just like him. Mm -hmm. So I sort of imitated a lot of his behaviour. And actually... That that's one of the reasons why we clash sometimes sure. now because I'll Imagine. behave how he does, but he's sort of like you can't behave like that. <laughs> and I'm like, this is exactly how I've watched you act yeah, my whole exactly, life. Exactly. Even like swearing, like mm-hmm. he gets angry when I swear, and I'm like, you swear all the time, all the time <laughs> on Twitter. Yeah, she does like, that as well. Yeah, to me. like when I swear on the podcast, you hate it, and you I do con- mention it, correct? But you swear constantly, and that's okay, <laughs> is it? Do I? Not on the podcast, Do but I? in general. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I know, I know. But that's what my dad does. <clears throat> he tells me off for swearing, but he swears constantly. Yeah. Um, so it's... It, it, I love Has he him. got a temper? Yeah. yeah. Do you he have a looks like yeah. he's got a temper. I've got less of a temper mm-hmm. now, but when I was younger, I used to get in fights all the time. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Would you time. say that you're a daddy's girl or a mommy's girl then? It's interesting. So, it's kind of flipped. Like, yeah. so when I was younger, I was always, like... Like, I was just so idolised my dad. Mm-hmm. And I still do, in a way, but I equally... I'm a 25-year-old girl now, so yeah. I'm a woman. And I'm like, you know, I don't want to idolise a man. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, now, but now me and my mum are, like, best friends. Yeah. Oh, that's We're lovely. We're so close. Like, she's the person that I want to call whenever something happens. She's yeah. like, now, just for clarity, your mum and dad are still together. They are, oh, yeah. brilliant. Never married... But been together for 40 years. And is your mum a bit of a hippie or...? 
She was when she was younger. She was she grew up in Camden. She was very feminist. Um, and actually, she met my dad, and they were very different. But my mum's dad was very Scottish. So my mum's boyfriends before that had been like hippies with like feathers in their hair. Yes, yes. And then my mum brings home this. Scottish boy who grew up in Yorkshire and my grandma's from Yorkshire and my granddad was Scottish so my mum's parents were just like you have to be with this man like he's yeah, everything yeah, he's and perfect, more yeah. and like my mum's dad and my dad were so close um, and then they've just been together ever since that's lovely mm. yeah. do you wish they'd married? well my mum worked on this campaign to get um, civil partnerships for heterosexual couples so they've ju- that's just been passed mm. and so they are going mm. to get a civil partnership Oh, hopefully. well. Well, I'm going to hopefully, and I can be the best man in the yeah, world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you've, yeah. got, you've got a brother? Two brothers. Two brothers. Two brothers. Yeah. Younger? Older. Um, older. Would you not be older? Would they not be best men? No, the they're just way less involved. I just, <laughs> <laughs> older, younger? Seven. Sorry, I am a older. You're the baby. Seven and eight years older, I'm the baby. Yeah. yeah. But then they've got a dog, which is the real baby oh, I, bet, I bet your mum was so delighted when you came along I know I was delighted when Katie came along yeah because my family are all boys you yeah. know I've got four brothers oh my god you know and then uh, I've got a son and then Katie yeah and it was just wonderful having a little girl I know see I'm so scared I'm just going to have sons I think I know. all the time yeah I know well you, you might have scared. two and then you'll have a girl so you yeah. might have to have I don't know if I keep trying and then I just and get more, more boys and I just literally them. won't want one of them like, yeah. I just I just want daughters yeah but nowadays you can sort that can you actually you can actually okay. I believe you can that's why I need to get rich yeah, yeah. 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 and I can pay for a girl I like that in the show yeah my aim is to get yeah. rich. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about your mum. Moving on to your mum. What does she do? How, how, what's your relationship like so with her? So she have, is... have you felt that she's always been in the shadow because of your father? Yeah, but I think, yes. But also that's just like who she is. She just doesn't mind. And that's... So the analogy I always use to my parents, they both did the triathlon together once. I mean, I was... Yeah, I know. They're, they're like, everyone in my family is obsessed with exercise. It's really weird. And um, we were watching up from the balcony, and my dad like pushed his way to the front because he wanted to start at the front because mm-hmm. he's so competitive. And my mum was like, way, way, way at the back. And she didn't care to be like pushing forward. She didn't care where she was starting. Yeah. And that is just so the difference between them. Like, my mum is so uncompetitive. She used to always just feel sorry for whatever team loses in football yeah. because she's just so sad for anyone who loses anything. <laughs> she just she gets too invested in it. Yeah. She feels sorry for Theresa May then. <laughs> she is sorry, interesting. No, she didn't. And I found that really interesting because mm-hmm. even at moments, some glimpses I did feel sorry for her my mum really didn't but that's because she's so anti-Brexit yeah well this whole thing uh, yeah don't believe her but so she's like a journalist massive feminist she's been a campaigner the stuff she's done on education is amazing and that's the stuff that when people see the show they come up to me after and say like that's how I know her is because she's always written about education for the for the Guardian um but she it's just like really nice, you mm. know, and yeah. really. She's quite calm. So calm, mm. and like my parents are very yin and yang, mm-hmm. um, and that's what when I, you know, when I was sort of coming into my own, I would struggle with what kind of person I could ever be with because yeah. I'd always identified with my dad. So then I was like, 
there are very few men who are like happy to be like my mum in in the sense of like you know slightly moulding around someone else's character sure and you know maybe I'm getting there with my boyfriend (laughs) I'm pretty difficult to be with (laughs) anyway you've got plenty of time for all that what was your um, relationship like growing up because I know as a teenager I guess that was slightly different for me. Well, maybe quite similar to you actually, because I had a very. My brother was eighteen years older than me, oh, so wow. I was growing up. Basically, just the two of us in the house. Different fathers, but yeah. <laughs> 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 um, I'd clarify. <laughs> <laughs> just had a really big gap. Of yeah. No, sex. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> Um, it's bad for a while. Anyway, <laughs> when I was a teenager, when you're trying to figure, like puberty is so horrendous. I had, I hated it, but we would fight quite a lot because I was trying to figure out who I was. How was your relationship with your mum? Horrendous. Yeah. And I always did you fight with your mother so much? Mm-hmm. And I was just awful. I was just awful. Yeah, if well, I think I about think it you now, because I do the same. I, I'm, it's horrendous when I think back yeah. to the way I, tr- I acted. So no, I was different. awful. Really awful. I remember like every time me and my mum would go shopping together because I was so like having all this body dysmorphia and like yeah. it was so uncomfortable with like my boobs had suddenly grown and my body was just changing shape and I hated it. Mm-hmm. And we used to get in these horrendous arguments in like the top shop changing room. Like, <laughs> oh, no. And I hate changing rooms now because yeah. I just associate them with yeah. fighting with my mum yeah, and like yeah. one of us Sorry, storming yeah. off and then calling the other one and being like, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Just so it was bad. Yeah. That's one thing I'm dreading about daughters actually because I don't think boys have that with their that pu- yeah that that I mean puberty was just it's, I had the same thing where you're just I was just so long and big and I didn't understand my body and didn't and just hated everything about it. I was so negative on myself yeah and I just completely put that on mum and yes. I, that thing the thing that drove me mad as a kid was or now thinking back at it being like you don't understand you don't understand what I'm going through and it's like of course she yes. does yes <laughs> literally we have films you know the, there was a lot of videoing in, in the mid whenever it was noughties 90s and you know when she was we had lots of videoing of you dancing or you know yeah. whatever and but there's others where she is so glum <laughs> all you see is oh, a one. complete and utter straight <clears throat> face I mean Katie literally woke up when she was 17 so hated the world. Way 13, earlier sorry. than that. I meant, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I 17. 17. I meant 13. Yeah. yeah. From 12, 12, 13, that was it. Yeah. She was the happiest child. Everything was great. You know, and then from 12, 13, you were just... Oh, it was awful. It but really anyway, well. you're... And, and how? what did your father do when you and your mum were fighting? Well, he would just not get involved really my mum used to actually record me oh really to play it back to me she really? was because like, because then oh, I'd hear God. it back and it was like I was actually just such a spoiled brat yeah and I just it's awful <laughs> it's awful yeah. I don't know what to say now when I think about it yeah because she and that's what I mean about like I don't think I would ever spoken to my dad like that it was my mum because she was much calmer and someone who I felt would just take it whereas my dad if I spoke to him like that he would just lose his temper and then I'd get scared you know because it's like when someone loses their temper yeah Um, so I think that it's it's again coming back to this thing about like the way I viewed them then it wasn't fair because actually like my mum deserved so much more respect than I gave her when I was growing up but isn't it nice to get to a point now where you're realising that mm. and you can now give all that respect back yeah. to her and just be like, <clears throat> you are 
But an in these days woman. growing up, surely you cook together or is there anything you, you enjoyed doing together or she taught you? We did. We cooked together. I had a horse, so she used to have to drive me to the Very stable. posh. I see what you mean. Spoiled <laughs> yeah. brat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least it was only one horse. Yeah. How many hands? <laughs> She's actually a pony. All right. She okay. was a real, like, she was just, we'd bought her from some gypsies. But, um, oh, really? Yeah, she was really mad, this mm. horse. But she, my mum used to take me out there and we had this dog, which was like me and my mum's dog together. Mm. And so like that, we did we did have things that we do together. And, and But it's like now I appreciate those things so much more. Like now, if me and my mum go on holiday, just the two of us, I'm like, this is my idea of heaven. The dream, yeah. Yeah, it is yeah. really my idea of heaven. I love my dad so much. But yeah. like me and my mum just, we just chill together yeah. which is really good and actually she, she's away at the moment um, in France and she keeps calling me and being like it's not the same without you mm, yeah so like, it's nice yeah. like we're friends we've, I feel like we're really friends now yeah which is so such a great cool. place to get to after yeah. some tricky years when you're, yeah. when you're younger I just wish I hadn't been like that I know so do I but, but you must never ever regret the past because I think you learn you will learn you have learnt something from it yeah you know and and my, I mean, my, what I learned from my mother was how not to treat my daughter. Mm. <laughs> because yeah. she treated, but, but that was a different story because she had lost her husband and bloody blah, blah. Long, big story, but the way she treated me, I would never treat Katie like that. I, I let Katie, you know, have her wings and fly off and do what she wants, you know, because otherwise, how are you going to learn about life, you know? Yeah, and actually I think with that, you know, it's hard because when I think about what am I going to be like, I think about it all the time. Yeah. Yeah, even though I'm not having kids anytime soon, I yeah. always think about what I'm going to be like as mm-hmm. a parent. Mm-hmm. But I think because my my two parents, even though they were together, they had very different approaches. Yeah. And I don't know sure. which one I'll be more like. And I really don't, I still don't know now. But of course, there's a big difference if you bring up children uh, in a in a yeah in a couple yes Mm -hmm. or on your own so I brought Katie up on my own so I could do what I wanted I think you quite liked it yeah (laughs) exactly I mean I had advice here and there but not you know yeah it was really I mean it that it actually can cause problems in a marriage when the the couple are arguing about how they treat the yeah, child. Yeah, well, I keep reading all these it. things of like single women live so much longer. Really, than people? Yeah, there's like loads really? of studies. Oh, there's hope for me yet. Because <laughs> when you're in a long relationship like that, it has so many effects on you. Mm, yeah, I can not least your health. Yeah. you know, like being with people, especially if they're like a lot of men, mm-hmm. is so stressful. Yeah. Um. There's loads of stuff that keeps coming out about it. Great, so we're not doomed then. Any no. <laughs> more years left. <laughs> yeah, and you've got a boyfriend, of course. Yes. And he's uh, really chilled. Uh-huh, yeah, which is yeah. good. Are you good. happy in that relationship? Yeah. yeah, yeah, really am. I mean, this is it's early days, and mm-hmm. this this has been a challenging experience. I can imagine yeah. being Isn't away. He is he up here no, with he's you? He's coming back today. He came for two days. The first weekend, and it's come back today. I mean, that is something in the festival to be in a relationship in the festival when you are busy. I mean, for us running a venue, you don't have time to think. Almost and and Mm. always the man thinks, "What about me?" Mm -hmm. Exactly, and that and that you know that is kind of that's what my boyfriend is so not like, which is why I'm so happy. But 
a lot of men are like that. They don't want to be with a woman who's like, actually, I'm doing my thing now for a month. Exactly, like, yeah. I'll call you when we can speak and whatever and, like... Just let me get on with it. Come up and mm-hmm. see me. But, like, a lot of men would be a bit like, what? Yeah. where's my place here? Yeah. I don't know what my purpose is. Yeah. And that's, that's really what the, sh- the future of relationships should be. They should respect what each other does, you yeah, know. Yeah. And it sounds to me like your, your mother and your father have got that. Yes, but then I think one of the things that I've always felt is that my mum did it too much for my dad. Mm-hmm. So, like, she... Sacrificed. She um, sacrificed a lot, I think, for, like, his career. Mm-hmm. And she would never regret that at all. Of course. But I would, like, I think that was slightly unequal. You yeah, feel that basically. she could have done more. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I do and actually that she didn't have to be in his shadow as much you know they yeah. didn't have to work together so much like she could have more done her own thing and fair enough she got three children and she was like also looking after us and she's been the much more maternal one of the two like he has never cooked a meal in his life <laughs> um, and she's has amazing has he stacked a dishwasher too. yeah he does that now and then he's like <laughs> Just put the dishes in. Yeah. Or like he'll book himself <laughs> a train ticket. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. He'll book himself a train ticket and then message me like, just put my own train ticket. <laughs> like, yes. Okay. And the train line is very easy. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally like A B C. Yeah. Well, he's never done a washing though. <laughs> so this ironing. Sorry, I, I will go on. Oh, the nev- we'll never go ironing. On. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> We don't even do any ironing, so we can't. Yeah, but talk you about don't that. need to iron clothes now. But my daughter-in-law <laughs> irons everything. Um, <laughs> so this podcast is about me learning some life lessons from this one from Karen. Do you think you have any life lessons that your mum or your dad have passed on to you that you can think of? Um, the best thing my dad's ever said to me, and I think this is because I've been in a lot of pain in my life, physical and mental. Sure. You know, I've, I've had a lot of uh, physical accidents and then I've also had bad mental health at points. My dad says this thing, which I think is really good, which is pain has no memory and it's my favourite thing. So whenever I'm having, like, a really bad period of anxiety, I'm like, sure. when I'm out of this, yeah. I won't be able to remember it, yeah. you know? Even today, today's the first day in, like, a week that I've woken up not feeling anxious and I'm like, oh not even thinking about how bad it was on like Monday just like out of it now so that's really good I think all my dad's lessons on mental health have been pretty amazing because he's really been through a a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. Um, and does he discuss it with you yeah when he goes through things yeah because being in the public eye you know it's it's hard, isn't it? It is like because he's been mentally like he's had mental illness since he was quite young, maybe like mid twenties, definitely before I came along. Sure. He had a nervous breakdown in his late twenties. Um, but it wasn't until we were like a bit older that he started talking to me and my brothers about it. And actually, there's a lot of things that there no. Let me say this again. Actually, that has meant that I'm so good at helping people in a crisis yeah. and so good at talking to people about their mental health and talking about my own mental health because mm-hmm. I grew up in a household where... You're really open about Yeah, it. and regardless of how masculine my dad is, he would be happy to cry in front of us, happy to be like, I'm really struggling right now. So that is really... It's been so helpful for me. It's um, yeah, amazing. Because always when I meet people... If I meet someone and I don't like them, I'm like, they've probably got mental like health mm-hmm. stuff. You know, the, there's always other stuff going on there that we don't know about. And, like, I, I am quite forgiving with that sort of stuff because I know how hard 
it can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. How is your mental health during the fringe? How is it going? It's been good, you know, barely drinking yeah. is really useful. Doing loads of yoga is really useful. Um, it was, I basically got to this halfway point and I was like, I really need a day off. And then I had my day off and now I feel so much better. Good. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Definitely. It's but you didn't go out and party on your day off? No. No, you? No. Good, good girl. Yeah, I know. <laughs> because well, some people on their day off go out and party, stay out late and come in more exhausted than they do. Exactly. No, I was like, I'm just going to chill out. Like, mm. I've got a day where I don't need to be anywhere. Yeah. Um, I had like a few glasses of wine. That's the yeah. wildest thing I've done since yeah. I've been here. Yeah. yeah. How are you girl. finding it though? Because obviously it's up and down, and like, have, are you reading reviews or are you ignoring them? Well, I sort of now I'm ignoring them because yeah. I stupidly I read them mm-hmm. in the first week, and it was just such a bad much. idea. Yeah. Such a bad idea. Yeah. Even the good ones have messed me up in my head. Yeah. So I'm just avoiding them now. Have you got huge ambitions for your stand-up? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I want it to be, like, one of the pieces in the thing that I'm doing. So I like doing lots of different things. But I would love for it to be... I would love to become someone who's a kind of, like, voice of a sort of feminist yeah. political thing. Are you planning on doing... Because, you know, you have to do quite a few years, of course you're quite advantaged because people know you but every year they come with new shows do you think you're going to yes definitely so I want my next show to be so the reason I wanted to do this first show which is like my departure from politics Mm -hmm. and why I'm never going into politics I want my next show to be I'll still be political always but I want it to be slightly a departure from it being a whole show about politics Mm -hmm. and I want it to more be like a show about being a woman Mm -hmm. because that's what you can see me setting up in this show Mm -hmm. but I'm sort of talking about all the things that people are like most interested to hear me talk about but then I hope after that it makes sense for your debut debut show to get all that out that people want to hear from you well the the thing is that people are coming to see you because of your background because of your upbringing Mm -hmm. and you know all these little slides you show are brilliant you Mm -hmm. know and people and, and as you say because of that you're getting an older audience which you would normally not do so it's what you do from I mean do you think you could do a show without mentioning your dad um I think I could definitely I don't know if I'd want to because he's such a big part of my life you know in the same way that Jack Whitehall will always talk about his dad in his comedy but it's more you know because of a lot of my comedy is about like my family and my relationships anyway so I think it would always I would always have that in it and so those people could always come and get a bit of what they want but yeah. it would be way less of like this is what I think about Brexit and a bit more of you know this is what it was like meeting my boyfriend's family and mm-hmm. and always with like a feminist narrative yeah. always with like a what is it like being a woman and but then I'm I, I don't know because I don't know what the next year's gonna, gonna bring, contain you yeah. know but it's exciting definitely so I want to just keep do I want to keep writing yeah the one thing about like being here and doing this show is I slightly paused my like writing new stuff, mm-hmm. so I can't wait to sort of start writing more stuff and see what happens. But I wrote, you know, I've been doing stand up for not that long, and I wrote this show 
in less than a year. So mm-hmm. I could definitely bring another show sure. back next year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's of the course. plan for this show? Are you touring it or anything? I want to, yeah. yeah. I think we've all been very surprised by how well it's done yeah. in terms of ticket sales. Yeah. Um, I had no idea it I, I was sure you were going to do yeah. well. Yeah. Really? Yeah, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, well. I would have put, put you in a bigger room. Yeah. <clears throat> Right. Yeah, I probably we probably should have done that, but then in a way it's been quite nice. It's nice to have a complete sellout, there. you know, yeah. so yeah. that you've got that too. Yeah, yeah, and it's just been something I haven't had to stress about. No, but everybody right. believes that you are going to go into politics, and maybe that's what what it's about in your future is mm. that you want to make a difference anyway, and whether it's in politics or or, or influencing mm. is it seems to me that's what you're going to be doing. Yeah, I always want to be... Because you've already done it. Exactly. With. And actually that's why it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next year with the Pink Protest, because mm. that will inform my comedy and that will give me stuff to talk about. Sure. Um, but equally... Because of doing this show, I may get opportunities to do things which will then, again, give me more. I don't want to say no to like doing the political comedy, but I'm not trying to be yeah. what like Matt Ford is. Sure. I love him so much, and yeah. I love his comedy, but he is like a political stand-up. Yeah. Um, I want to be... I don't want it to be shocking when people come to my show and I do talk about sex for yeah. 10 minutes, you know? Like, I want them to know that that is also who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Which is why this show is a sort of, you know, it's a debut. Yeah, it is a debut. debut. This is who I am, and, you know, you can come back if you want. (laughs) (laughs) Or not. Or not. You know, a lot of people won't. Well, what I find exciting uh, at the moment is there are so many good new women coming up. Yeah. And they've got something to say. And, I mean, times are changing, aren't they? I mean, yeah, it's great. men are hope- hopefully mm. sitting up and taking notice. I'm yeah. not sure, are they? This year, I yeah. really think the women here, like all yeah. of the shows that people are talking about are this women. year are all women. Yeah, which it's is amazing. Great. Yeah, exactly. It's really and cool. Are you doing the... Sorry, Karen, just interrupting you. Ooh, are you very, doing very the good. London gigs scene? Yeah. How do yeah. you find that? Male-dominated. Very male-dominated, Yeah. yeah. Um, and then it's a bit of a slog, surely, as well. It is because, like, again, like that dictates the audience. Yeah. So then, my stuff isn't right, mm-hmm. you know. Especially when you're doing just a set. Oh, you should tell us about your experience at Leighton Live. Oh my God! Oh, yeah, that's was... what happened. Yeah, well, I oh, Jesse, Jesse, oh, yeah. Jesse, oh, yeah. oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The, so that was just hilarious. Firstly, I'd been in bed asleep, and then I'd set an alarm because this is how boring I've been. Here. I've been <laughs> going to fantastic. bed. I've been going to bed at like eleven every night, yeah. and um, I'd set an alarm. So I got out of bed and I went, and Roxy from Mick Perrin came, and I could hear they were like a rowdy crowd. Mm. And I didn't. I should have changed my set, but anyway, I went out, and they just were like, it was a lot of men as well, and yep. they were pissed, and they were like. Who is this girl? What night of the week did you do? Saturday night. Oh, Saturday, they yeah, were yeah. properly pissed. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was the first night. Saturday yeah. as well. Yeah. So it's like the first night where they could all get drunk till five in the morning. Mm-hmm. And this guy kept calling me a see you next Tuesday. For God's sake. And then I was like, what are you saying about my vagina? Like, mm-hmm. if you met my vagina. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he kept calling me th- that again and you again. You probably wouldn't understand what you were saying. I know what I was that. saying. And then I just no called idea. him Donald Trump. And yeah. then there was this group of the sweetest 
people in the front row and they were all from Edinburgh Uni and mm-hmm. actually the boy is head of the student union here he's called Andrew and he was like shouting at the guy <laughs> cheering me like yeah. they were all giving me a round of applause so them being there made it so much funner because then course. it was just everyone was just like who's this twat in yeah. the audience yeah. um, but you know things like that I find fun because again it's like more content yeah. like things mm-hmm. to talk about yeah and it's really good experience mm-hmm. to be able to be there and be like. I mean, it's, is it the toughest gig you've done, or no? The toughest gig I did is the one I talk about in the show when that woman accused me of being a war criminal because oh, of who God, my dad yeah. is. The woman, yeah. Where she, was that? It was oh. at, um, up the creek, or was it? Oh, yeah. up the creek is. is and that was too. just as you walked on stage. She started yelling. That Two minutes too. in, and it was a blackout. Oh, and so then I got booed off. <gasps> really? Yeah. Well, it was mad. It was insane. It was mad. I don't understand how she. What you criminal. are a war criminal because your because, father yeah. worked with Tony Blair. Yeah, <laughs> it was insane. It's an insane accusation. It was, to in, make it was truly insane. Yeah. And actually, the audience was like booing her. Yeah. But then at the blackout, basically, people in the audience have these cards, mm-hmm. and they were just all really uncomfortable. So they were just like, "We want this to end." It was the, one of the maddest things ever. Yeah, I didn't know up the creek was still very, very um, wild. It is yeah. wild, is it? Yeah, yeah, that was well, mad. It was then. <laughs> yeah, it was night. then. That night was mad. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so one of the other things, so you're doing comedy, you're doing pink protests, and you are also started a podcast with your dad. Yeah, <laughs> which has been fun. Yeah. Tell us uh, who that. dominates in that? <sighs> it's been both? a real clash <laughs> yeah. in terms of, like, I'm the one who does it all, and, like, you know... It was your idea. My idea. I listen to podcasts. I know how they work. He gets all the guests because he's a big name. Um, And then we... What's good about the format is it's football and feminism. So he sort of dominates the football chat, and I pipe in, and then I dominate the feminism chat, and then he pipes in. Um, And is it always with guests? Yes. So it's got... We've got a bit at the beginning and a bit at the end of just us. And I think that's probably what we'll do in the live episode. If, yeah. Next Have week. you done a live et- episode no. yet? Oh, that's very exciting. I know. We're we going, Katie. We've got a really good lineup <laughs> yeah. as well. Have you? Yeah, we've got a really good lineup. So I'm excited for that. But it's just, we've slightly, uh, we've got four people coming on in an hour. So yeah, it's quite, quite a lot. It's yeah. Quite a lot of people. <laughs> well, it, it's going to be like Vox Pops. Yeah, so we're going <laughs> to split it. So that we've got half an hour with Ruth Davidson and Jack Loudon, and then half an hour with Shelley Kerr and Louise Ogola, because oh that, that's going to be football with yeah. them, and then feminism with yeah. Ruth and Jack. Wow. Um, but yeah, so that would be, be very interesting. Yeah. So they'll come on and then go off. Yeah, and, yeah. exactly. And actually, yeah. that works because Louise's show is at seven, so yeah. we can only come for half an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, so it'll be football first. Football first, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Always football first. I know. Football I, first, then we move on to yeah, the nitty gritty, yeah. the deep stuff. Why did you decide to do the podcast, or how did you convince your dad to do it? He's actually really loved it once we started. Yeah. I just think it's so interesting because he would always say, "Oh my god, the amount of people that come up to me and say I heard you on this podcast, or I liked you on yeah. this podcast." He obviously got how much of an influence they can have. And you can get to know someone in a different way from a podcast. Mm-hmm. And he's only known for doing politics. So we were like, let's do something that's not yeah. about politics. You yeah. know, you're obsessed with football. I'm obsessed with feminism. For me, selfishly, I wanted this podcast to be something that Trojan horses, a lot of the stuff I care about. But we get men listening to the podcast, whereas everything yeah. else I do is just 
just women to an echo chamber of women yeah. which is amazing mm-hmm. but um so i get so many people who say i listen to this podcast with my dad or my brother or my boyfriend yeah. and thank you because it's something that we can listen to together yeah that's not all about feminism which a lot of men find off-putting it's it's two things so hopefully and it's something some that actually works really well because the dynamics between you and your dad a parent and a child that's why I, we started doing this after listening to Jessie Ware's podcast which is with her mum Table Manners which we adore and it's just listening to the, the dynamics between a family is really it's something comforting about it and you feel what? like you're getting an inside yeah you know, what I was surprised them. about with Lenny is how Lenny being um, Jessie Ware's mum how soft her voice is because I'm quite out there loud and you know are you? <laughs> no, I know. Yes, I am. Yes, you are. Um, and she's quite soft and yeah. gentle, and yeah. So yeah. Both but so she's she's very yeah. funny, isn't she? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think it's that generational thing as well. I think sure. that's what people really relate to is that we've all got parents. Well, unfortunately, like some people don't, but mm. we know that relationship with someone who is from a different generation to you and has different opinions to you. And so that sort of clashing that does sometimes happen Mm -hmm. with parents, people find very relatable. Yeah, definitely. It's even the Jack Whitehall thing, they're very unrelatable, but -hmm. but their father-son duo, that thing, it works, because we all like watching that and listening to it. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, you might end up doing TV with your dad. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) That would be... <laughs> so, um, how are you feeling going into your last two weeks? Feeling good. Yeah, feeling good. Rested after your day off. And yeah, ready for the. Ready for the last. And what's your feeling about um, all these uh, prizes and things that come up? Are you? Do you think about <clears> them? <throat> you know the nominations and all that. I try and, not to. But if you're not nominated, will you be okay? I think I'll be fine. That, that's <laughs> the main thing because. I mean, obviously, it's wonderful to be nominated for a show and everything, but you might not be. Yeah. Do you know something that I don't know? I don't know anything. (laughs) What do you know? No, I don't know anything. No, it's just, I think a lot of people set their sights on it, and it's not the be-all and end-all of the Fringe experience, and I think you've had such a positive experience so far. You've had great audiences, and uh, you must have learned a huge amount. Uh, so we're coming into the last two weeks of the fringe. We hope you have a lovely last two weekends. Thank and you. And we I have will. absolutely enjoyed having you at the Gilded Balloon. It's been yes. it's been fantastic and we hope you bring your next show to us. I as will well. because you're women and I <laughs> honestly Hurrah! We are I like working with women and yeah. I like things that are run by women. I'm sorry, like there will be men out there who will hate that, but yeah. it's true. But I think there's uh, a lot of performers say that but don't um act on it and we've tried to have a lot of artists stay loyal to us because of that fact and yeah acting on it and actually sticking together mm. and is we really this year Katie was very proud of me because I wrote to an agent to say that we would not consider having that person mm-hmm. um, because he was he was a misogynist wanker mm. <laughs> 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 from Australia his name he, he will not be named we'll name him after we yeah. finish recording yeah so we we wrote to him and Katie went that's oh, the best believe- email I've ever seen in my life <laughs> it was amazing because we want people that are talented funny and have got something to say yeah. Yeah. and not putting same, down women yeah, yeah. the same values as we do 
Yeah. So uh, thank you very much, thank Grace you. Campbell. And we, I'm looking forward to your podcast too. Yeah, to see yeah, your we'll dad and you together. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. Have you seen us? Thinking about it. Yeah. You. You. And we'll be out there cheering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly. live. Exactly. Yes. Thank you, Grace. Thank, thank you. you very much. Thanks for having me. Bye. Mama said there'll be days like this. There'll be days.